And also, like, move the computer away. Sorry, Charles. We went out of work. Well, yeah, I don't know. Chewy. It's the hypervigilance from trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think I'm joking. I'm, no, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. We, we know. We know you're not joking. <laughs> we too have hypervigilance <laughs> problems. Every time... Uh, occasionally when, like, a cat jumps off the counter, I think that it's someone knocking at the back door, like Steve, our landlord Steve, mm-hmm. creepily knocked at our back door one time. Almost and I, my heart will instantly start pounding and I'll go and I'll put on a sweatshirt and I'll go. Sometimes when I hear fireworks, I think they're gunfire and I'll, like... Well, it's hard to tell in the city. ...be yeah. under a table before... I mm-hmm. even realize what's going on. I'm just, See, like, under the table and I'm like, what happened? See, I'm the opposite. I don't, like... Hide. I just like kind of move towards it. I'm like, what's that about? What's going on? I almost ran out of my front door holding a blunt the other day because the police sped down my road. Oh no! I was just like, I needed to see what was happening on my block, and I was just walking right out with a blunt in my hand. I'm sure you're white. You would have been fine. Oh yeah, but I also had to pass it, and it's just back to the kid. <laughs> yeah, it's impolite. <laughs> Don't bogart the blunt. Rude. Okay, so first we do our intro. I'm Bailey. And I'm Oliver. I'm Brandy. And And this this is Survivor Team Go! That was terrible. I didn't. I there thought we were going to make my brandy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. She's, brandy's <laughs> passing on the high five. Brandy doesn't want to be part of the high five, and that's perfectly acceptable. That's fine. That's fine. Thanks for joining us, Brandy. Oh, yeah. Thanks for joining us on the Survivor Island. That's the uh, metaphorical space of the podcast. Yes, sure. So, like, we're all at the, the Survivor end, team congregates. Yeah, we're the Survivor team, and at the end, we vote. The person off. Yeah. And it's always Oliver. It's always me. There can only be two. I was going to say, it no. seems like Oliver would be the one to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always Oliver. What was it the first time? Did we vote Jacob? It was you. So, I mean, on what and basis? then the second time it was shit. you. On what basis are you voting people off? It's just we all vote at the end. We're like, who gets to stay on the island? Yeah. And it's like based on like. How well your campfire building skills were. Oh, How many fish fires. you catch. How many fish you caught. Um, if um, you stole Tina's boyfriend. Yeah. If you're like a, a dirty whore. If you made an alliance. <laughs> if you have immunity. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes people have immunity. I have immunity right now, so. Because you won the challenge last week. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That, that's the thing. The, the joke is that we never watched Survivor. <laughs> sure. So we don't really know the also the other part of the joke is that this podcast is a fan cast of the reality show Survivor. Yeah, which it so is. Our theme music That's our real, is act, like the real purpose a clip of this podcast. I took from the Survivor Borneo theme music. Gotcha, it's great. And our, it's funny. Have you seen our logo? Have I shown you our logo? Oh, it's it's, it's a Survivor, the Survivor logo, logo, but it says Survivor Team Go. Yeah, yeah. I'm Support, sure. recover, thrive. Yeah, is our slogan. So if we're supporting each other through our recovery, why are we voting people off of this island? Is there not enough space for everyone? Because it's. They, I mean, there's, I mean, there's no space. But it's always... It's not very supportive to vote people away, you know? That's kind of why it's supposed it's to be funny. funny. Sure. It's yeah. But then it's always Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm always here. But somehow. then he's always back. I guess I, like, campaigned to come back, and they were like, well... Wow. That's the benefit of living here, I suppose. Yeah. How are how are you guys doing this week? Did I see Brandy's our guest today? Brandy's our guest today. Brandy's our guest today. On this show. Welcome, welcome to the island, Brandy. Well, thanks. How are you feeling? How's your week right. been? It's been pretty well. Playing a lot That's of good. music, being outside. Good. Randy plays Sounds the good. mandolin. Yeah. Randy plays like an mandolin, 11 guitar, instruments. Drums, piano, a little bit of bass, harmonica, you know, singing. Randy's a musical genius. Oh my god, do you sing for us? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Randy has also spoken to the, the wolves and the bunnies of the forest. Oh yeah, she speaks the language of the animals. Yeah. You know, I'm really none jealous. of my musically inclined friends have ever sung for me. Yeah, they won't. They won't do Artists it. Artists won't do it. None of them will do it. 
Well, I, also, I also don't have an instrument. Something I also don't time. have an instrument. Like, not that I'm super inclined to do it anyway. I have a guitar. But that kimono is, that kimono is, is cleverly disguising guitar. a guitar. That doesn't have a case that I got for, like, 20 bucks. Mm, sure. <laughs> Oliver, how was your week this week? Uh, it's fine. The eviction has gotten worse. The eviction has so been, been a bummer. been terrible, and I had nightmares last night. Should we not try? Come here. Mostly. Come here. Lay down. Oh, I got a call from uh, Kriya today, no, no, no. which I meant to tell you about, and then didn't. You got a call from who? Uh, the Civil Rights Enforcement Agency. Oh. About the complaint that we're oh, filing. Yeah. I'm supposed to come in next Thursday to sign. Oh. We're filing, we, we already filed a complaint with like the Civil Rights Enforcement Agency, Enforcement Agency about our landlord harassing us. We suspect that, I mean, it's only like, it doesn't a, matter. covers discrimination but cases. But also, we got served, Oliver got served papers on Monday. Yeah. It's just always, I'm always... And then we met with our pro always the bono one here lawyer when things on happen. Thursday. It's like happening to both of us, but I'm just like, Shout out here. to the BLAA. Yeah, the volunteer lawyers Thanks, and guys. accountants for the arts. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Regional Arts Commission. Yeah. We wouldn't have legal representation without you. Yeah. We'd be very screwed. We would be. But we're already kind of screwed. Yeah. Our lawyer told us when we went to meet with him, he was like, well, since there's a count of punitive damages attached to your eviction. He's like suing us for eviction and he's and suing vandalism. us for vandalism and he's suing us for punitive damages. And he's like, well, Isn't so that just a water leak from your ceiling. Like, yeah. How would you have ever, he says we, tore, he it says down. we tore the ceiling down. He's crazy. Sure. No, he's crazy. We, I mean, it's just, he's just crazy. There's he's just no, trying to get money. He's like, your text yeah. proved that you did this. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't well, make any sense. Cause we texted him and we were like, um, the ceiling looks like it might fall down. So we and moved everything out of the room, and then it did. And then he was like, well, your prediction came true, so you must have torn it down. <laughs> and yeah. we were like, or that's what happens when the ceiling leaks. Right. When the whole roof is saturated. Yeah. when the, all the drywall gets saturated with water, it collapses. Yeah, maybe if you weren't a fucking slumlord. Exactly. Yeah. But he didn't like that I said he was running his apartment like a slumlord. That Uh-oh. was part of the. That's part of what he's suing us over is the harassment. Because I was like, I remember, I don't want to. De- I'm used to dealing with slummy lumlords. Slummy lumlords. I like it. So because he's suing us for punitive damages, even after we leave and go to San Francisco, uh, San Diego, we might have to fly back here to testify. Oh, that's bullshit. Or drive. Yeah. 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 Do they have to pay your travel expenses? Nope. No. Who would pay our travel? Who would expenses? be paying for that? Our I'm not sure. shitty landlord. I remember my roommate had to go back up to Minnesota for a court case one time, and I think he actually just got excused from it. Like he didn't have to go anymore because he was several states away. Well, we have to do it because it's like he's suing us. So our lawyer was like, "I could do it without you, but like you being there to bad. testify, yeah, would be better yeah. for you." Makes sense. So, plus he's, like, doing a pro bono. Like, I don't want to be like, you deal with it. Yeah. I'm going to be in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, peace out, son. Like, <laughs> thanks for your help, imagine Paul. Saying, thanks for your help, Paul. We probably should say his whole name. I'm not going to say his whole name. I guess. His first name Question? is Paul. Yeah. Hi, Paul. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. So, we're starting a new segment, and it's called Hashtag Not You Too. <laughs> Yeah, what's that? Uh, it's when we talk about the other people that have been accused of sexual assault. That we were like, oh, disappointed and sad. That we're like disappointed sure. and sad about. They'll, uh, so everyone in Hollywood? Yeah, everyone basically. Anybody that you liked that you yeah. heard was like. So Morgan Freeman was recently accused of like years of sexual harassment. Yeah, I'm not actually that surprised. Hashtag not you too, Morgan Freeman. I was disappointed, but I wasn't that surprised. He's, I don't know. I, he plays really great, sweet, wonderful characters, but, I mean, so did Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't buy into, like, heroes or idolatry. And he's, he's been yeah. buddies with Clint Eastwood for a really long time. He thinks that Clint Eastwood is, like, the best director ever. He loves Clint Eastwood. And Clint Eastwood is kind of a piece of shit. Like, he makes some movies that I've liked, but, like, they're very problematic. Like, I liked Gran Torino, but it's a bad movie. Like, it's there's a lot of badness about it. Yeah. It's like The White Savior. It's, like, like yeah, extremely it's, bad. Yeah, exactly. And there's some moments of, like, vulnerability in it that I really love, but... Yeah. Do you have any hashtag not you too? No. I have too many. I don't know. There's just, like, a lot of... Just I mean, not, not... I don't want it to... I don't want to... I don't 
want to, I have people I don't want to hear it about. Um, I was very, I was pretty crushed immediately on the heels of reading that Juno D.O.S. Diaz essay that I found out that he had, like, like, cornered, like, women and, like, like, kissed them against their will and stuff like that. Like, you were... Sexually assaulted. You were, yeah. I mean, we already talked or, about that. Yeah. I mean, but that's... This was, like, a wiser We talked about one, but the, the uh, Aziz Ansari one was really weird. Because it was, like, he didn't technically do anything illegal. Like, he knew exactly what his boundaries were, but he was still pushing those boundaries. Wait, I didn't hear about this. What happened? Oh, yeah. Aziz Ansari. He was really pushy with this woman. He's like, date me, date me, or something. That's... I don't remember. Uh, so don't remember he was, the like, the character that he plays on Parks and Rec. Essentially. Oh, yeah. and, and on his own show. What's that one called? What's the show called? I haven't seen his show. I don't know. I... I think I would recognize the title. Master of None. Master yeah. of None is what it is. He plays a pretty similar character in that, too, where he's like, oh, I love this girl, but she's with this other guy, so I'm just going to keep harassing her and make her feel bad for not loving me and choosing me. Like, real passive-aggressive, yes. emotionally yeah. manipulative stuff. Yeah. The nice guy style. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's like, it's not, it's, it's just like, it's emotional manipulation. It is. It's like a weird, it's like, legally, I don't think that it's like, like, uh, I don't think it can enter legal sort of territory, but like cultural territory, it's right. definitely not okay. Right. It's definitely like part of rape culture. It's definitely like, mm-hmm. yeah, like something that's traumatic right. and damaging. I don't know that. Just like, like kind of a toxic way to move through society. Like, I don't know that I, the person that like, like raped me would be like something that could go to like any sort of legal thing. That like, doesn't like fulfill a legal definition that I want to deal with. I don't think. Well, we well, especially with shit. how much rape is dismissed anyway, no matter how much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I like even in an ideal system, I don't know that I would want that person to like go to prison. Partly because our prison system is really um, very. Well, yeah. that's why it's so important like, for us to make it like well, culturally it's, unacceptable. Yeah, and to break the silence. Yeah, because well, that's that's so much of how they they get away with this stuff is not because they it's avoid totally legal repercussions; it's because they avoid social repercussions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. they shouldn't be able to. Speaking of all that horribleness, did you guys hear about the Supreme Court decision on Monday? No. The arbitration thing? What are you decision? talking about? The Supreme Court on Monday handed down this really, like, super bad decision. Uh, should employees and employers be allowed to agree that any disputes between them will be resolved through one-on-one arbitration? Yeah, there's so, a lot of agreements you have to sign where you're like, I won't yeah. take this Well, so now they're saying the Supreme Court basically said that employers can write into employees' contracts that they cannot sue the company with a jury trial. They have to take it. They have to go through arbitration. And arbitration always, always, like, every time ends up being, like, better for the employer than the employee. Oh, for sure. But it's not just arbitration. It's individual arbitration. No class action lawsuits? No class action lawsuits. But the only power you have as an employee is in numbers. This is why we need more unions. Exactly. 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 We do need more unions. Yes. No, we do like more. While it's hard to organize a union in your specific workplace, like say that we work at a cafe, it would be really hard to unionize our cafe. Yeah. Because you'd need to work unionize all of the cafes. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could join the IWW, the International Workers of the World, where they are like one giant union for every worker. Like, no matter your field of profession, you can still join the IWW and have that union on your side. Shout out to the IWW. I didn't know that. Yep. I didn't know that. You don't need to actually unionize your whole your whole workplace. Well, you still should try, because it will benefit everyone. Yeah. You can personally join the IWW and get those benefits. So, this arbitration thing, like, first of all, it's, it's like, they didn't, the people that were suing this company, Epic Enterprises or something, the company just like emailed them and was like, you no longer have the right to sue and you have to, you're not going to get overtime pay anymore and you can't work together. No overtime pay? That's illegal, isn't it? Well, but the company was like, these are your rights now and if you don't agree, we're going to fire you. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like from the bench, was like, that's not a contract. Because a contract says that people, both people have bargaining it's a power. Situation. And you're taking away all the employees' bargaining power. Oh it's just an ultimatum. It's like either you're going to agree that you're, you cannot sue us and you give up your right to a, your public 
judiciary system in a public court, or you get fired, or you can't work for us. And they tried to take it to the Supreme Court, and the conservative majority in the Supreme Court, and the conservative majority opinion was written by, uh, guess who? Neil Gorsuch. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Sorry. So it's just a huge, huge, huge blow to employee that's employee crazy. rights. I remember when in the Walmart when class like, action suit went to the Wayne Supreme Court and it was really disappointing. No, it's been really bad with the conservative justices. It's been really bad. But it's also bad for, like, the Me Too movement, like this we were oh, talking shit. about before. Yeah. Because this means that you can't, like, try a case as an employee of sexual harassment in a public space. Mm. It has to go through private arbitration. Private arbitration. I mean, it doesn't have to always, but any employer has the right to make that an ultimatum in any employment quote-unquote contract. Jesus Christ. Yep. And well, unless our rights are systematically stripped away, said, and everybody just sits there, and nobody fucking knows about it because everybody's distracted by the Russia bullshit. Right. I mean, I mean that's mainstream media's purpose, shiny. to keep folks distracted. Yeah. Keep folks distracted and in fear. The lamestream media. Okay. <laughs> Sound like a truther channel now. Okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about Brandy. Okay. Our guest today. So, uh. Um, We're going to talk about Brandy. Brandy, where were you born? Uh, Burnsville, Minnesota. Oh my gosh. How was that? Up in the north. I enjoyed it. Spent a lot of time in a little patch of forest by my house. Spent a lot of time in natural water. It was nice. Cool. Cool. What's natural water? Natural water like lakes. Oh. Like rivers and stuff? Like non-man-made? pools? Yeah. Yeah. It was mostly lakes because it's Minnesota, but there's rivers and streams and stuff everywhere, too. How many lakes are there in Minnesota? So, the license plates say land of 10,000 lakes. It's actually more than that. 10,000 is just a nice round number. I don't remember the exact number, but it's more than 10,000 lakes. How many lakes have you been to? Oh, I couldn't give you an answer for that. Can you give us an idea? How many have you been to in seven, in one week? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there was the one time I went to seven lakes in seven days without leaving the city of Minneapolis. Wow. 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 You yeah, like wow. that story. Yeah, that's a great story. Oh, thanks. It's a good story. So, uh, where did you go to high school? Well, I went to a couple high schools. Like, I went to my regular public high school for one year, but then junior, senior year, I went to a boarding arts high school, mm-hmm. where I just lived at school and played and studied music every day for hours. That's that really sounds cool. nice. And lived in a dorm with a bunch of other artists, like visual artists, oh dancers, God. writers, theater kids, other musicians, all kinds of stuff. That's amazing. It was a fun experience, yeah. And and your uh, BFF, Joby, went there, too. Yeah, we, we did. Your BFF we also went there. We didn't actually hang out when we were in school. We didn't hang out until, like, a year or two after we graduated. Yeah, because he was, like... Openly queer in high school. Yeah, he came out as trans in high school, and I still hadn't figured out that I was trans. Closeted about all of the things. Not even. I don't know that closeted is the right word. It's I didn't even realize myself. At yeah. That point. Yeah. But you were like in really different crowds. Yeah. Yeah, it was like growing up in like a white suburban middle class conservative family. Like, it was a survival technique to like keep it from myself. So like, even I didn't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's real. Like, I would realize a couple times throughout growing up, like, oh, maybe I'm queer, maybe I'm trans, but then I just, like, suppressed it until I was older and in a better space. Yeah. We get that. Yeah. yeah. When I was growing up, I would always think, like, oh, I'm really attracted to women. And then I would be like, but also, sometimes men are a little bit attractive, yeah, so, like so human, I'm straight. I'm human, straight. <laughs> humans are just, like, cute animals. Like, yeah. Most people are attractive in at least some way. Mm, yeah. Sorry, that just sounds a lot like me. Mm. Like, even if I have no interest in you, like, even if I don't want to talk to you or, like, have any kind of relationship with you, just, like, most people are attractive people. Yeah. Just by their nature. There's something beautiful about every person. Do you have siblings, Brandon? I have two half-siblings. Oh, oh, I have two half-siblings. So we have the same dad, different moms. Oh, cool. Did you guys grow up together? Are they, like, different? Not really. They're a bit older. Yeah. So they would occasionally live with us, but, like, for short periods of time, and I barely remember. So, like, while I had siblings, I mostly grew up as an only child. Cool. Can you tell us the story about how uh, you were, like, anonymously messaging uh, Jovi on Facebook for a minute? Oh, no, it was Tumblr. Oh, Tumblr. It was Tumblr, yeah. So I had just recently realized that I was trans. Like, I was starting to come to that, like, come to terms with that. But I didn't really know any other trans people, so I was, like, trying to reach out to someone that I knew, and he was the only one that I knew. So I started to message him. And, uh, 
He was like, oh, like we should hang out sometime. I was like, no. <laughs> He's like, why not? I was like, because you know me. He's like, oh, oh, shit. He's like, well, that's awkward. He's like, if I was ever an asshole, I'm so sorry. I was like, no, if anything, I was probably the asshole. So he starts like trying to figure out who it is. I was like, I was in this group of people. And he starts guessing out of all those people. And he guessed everybody except for me. He's like, that's it. Couldn't be anybody else. I was like, I was like no, no, there's one more person. He's like, no fucking way. He's like, you are not. He's like, you are not trans. I don't believe that. For like a solid week or two, he was like, if this is the joke, it's not fucking funny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that story. That's pretty cute. Yeah. But we just ended up, we ended up hanging out one day. We just went to an art museum oh. and we both kind of expected it to be awkward. It's like we never really hung out and hanging out with people is awkward most times. Mm-hmm. But it just felt natural. Like we were just hanging out and it was fun and just kind of hung out every day since then. Since that one day, we just were together ever since. Oh, I love that. What art museum? Uh, we went to the Walker Art Museum up in Minneapolis. You and I uh, found out that there was a, a, form, a visual performing arts high school in St. Louis. And we were oh, there really, is. Mm. We were mad that we didn't get to go to it. Because we didn't know about it. We had to stay in our suburban white racist high school. Oh, and be yeah. suburban housewives. The fact that it was a boarding arts boarding arts high school made it a really different experience too. Like yeah, you weren't crazy. you weren't just going to school and then going home at the end of the day. It's like yeah. this was your home now. Immersion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Immersion is great for That's the cool. arts. And then what happens? Yeah. So you, <laughs> so you met Jovi and you were like, "Well, I'm and he trans. hung out at an art museum." And he was like, well, "I'm trans too," and then you became just besties. Yeah, I don't know. Just started hanging out all the time. Uh, later that year, after we started hanging out. Uh, Mike Brown got shot in Ferguson. Yeah. So, Joby went, came down here. And he ended up meeting a bunch of people who were also from Minneapolis. Like, oh, yeah. somehow a bunch of people from Minneapolis were all in St. Louis for the same reason. So, they all met. They all went home back to Minneapolis and started an organization that I am not going to name because it's shifted and changed a lot over the years. We name it some other time. <laughs> we can talk about it, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're just hanging out with like activists and organizers, and so uh, like me, me and my group of friends were kind of some of the main organizers of the city at the time. We got co-opted by the like official Black Lives Matter chapter, like they took mm-hmm. a lot of our actions and claimed that it was theirs, but we were kind of running shit for a while. I don't know if you're familiar with Jamar Clark. Um, there was no, but I am familiar with somebody you guys were gossiping, gossiping about one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, Deray McKesson. Oh. Yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> that's not Minnesota specific. No, but I just but, uh, remember it's like you know him. There was a <laughs> what? There was an eighteen day occupation. There was an eighteen day occupation in Minneapolis at the fourth precinct in North Minneapolis. They that's long. It was a very long time. Uh, it was in about November, so it was kind of chilly too. We were sitting around fires a lot, but uh, he got shot at James in Plymouth. Uh, Jamar Clark got shot at James and Plymouth. He had his handcuffs behind his back, and he got shot and killed. That actually blew up because me and Joby were staying in North Minneapolis at the time, and we were about to go to bed. Like we had our PJs on, we were like <laughs> settled in for the night. Mm-hmm. And Joby gets a text that this just happened very nearby to where we were. So we're like, oh, "Fuck, we're about to go to bed, but like this just happened, and we're nearby. Like we have to go check it out." So we went out there. And of course, because we went out there, some of our friends had to go out there because there's a bunch of police. Like, they're not going to leave us out there alone. So we got a little group out there, and they started to tweet about it. I didn't. I don't. I never really tweeted because that's just not my platform or what I really do. They started to tweet about it. Like James and Plymouth was, I think, the hashtag. And by the morning, it was nationally trending. Wow! Like because we got out of bed and went out there and started to tweet. By the morning, it was nationally trending. Because of DeRay, actually, I think. I think DeRay picked it up and that helped boost it. And then that led to an 18-day occupation where just every day we were out at the precinct and sitting around fires. And it was actually it was a strange place. It was kind of a cool community space to be around all the time. And also just like random traumatizing moments where like a car would drive by and shoot four or five people. Jesus. Or the police would pop their head up over the roof and start shooting chalk rounds at people from the roof. And <laughs> it was a wild 18 days. 
Jesus. That's crazy. What do you mean by, like, occupy? Like, you guys were just, like, camped out there? Yeah, we, we took the street. We, like, oh. were camped out in the middle of the street for 18 days. So what, were the police, like, coming and going through your camp? Or did you have it, like, no, they, blocked uh, off? Or were they trapped in the building? No, like? they weren't trapped in the building. They still, like, switched shifts and everything. They had a little back door that they would go in that was normally unoccupied. We were mm-hmm. mostly just in the front. Uh, we would sometimes let, like, ambulances through and stuff. Yeah. But for the most part, we just occupied the street and that whole block for 18 days. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a lot of commitment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a really interesting time. It happened over Thanksgiving, actually. Like, wow. Thanksgiving fell in those 18 days, and we had, like, tables full of food, like a big Thanksgiving feast out oh. in the cold. Like little folding tables. Yeah. Yeah, just, like, catering amounts of, like, mac and cheese and stuffing and turkey and shit. That's cool. Yeah, it was a cool community space. Sure. Who was shooting at... Who was, Like, the police were shooting at you. Who was driving by and shooting at you? So, it was actually this group. I think it was, like, four or five people. They were sitting around the fires uh-huh. initially. Like, they were in our space. They didn't just drive by. They were in our space, and uh, I don't remember exactly what happened. I wasn't out there when it happened. I was at home. <laughs> but I've never gotten there quicker than that night. I heard that it happened, and we, like, sped there immediately. But uh, it's just like four or five people sitting around a fire. They got asked to leave for whatever behavioral reason. And then they got in their car and just shot at people. They hit four or five people. My friend, oh my, Peyton, God. my friend Peyton said that he heard, like, heard and felt the bullets whiz by both sides of his head. Jesus. And uh, now this happened right next to the police precinct. Mm-hmm. Like, we're right at the police precinct. And uh, not only did it take a super long time to respond to the... By definition, mass shooting. Yeah. If four people are shot, that's yeah. by definition a mass shooting. They took a long time to respond to that, even though we were there. And when they did finally respond, they came out of the precinct and said, well, this is what you wanted, right? I mean, that's standard Yeah. police bullshit. They also then maced some people. Oh, of course the they did. maced people after we had just been shot at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's what you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of wild shit happened there. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Well, what, what ended it? What ended it, uh, they decided to kick us out. They, one morning at, like, four or five in the morning, came through with little bobcats and just, like, mowed it down. Four or five in the morning? Yeah, four or five in the morning. They wanted there to be as little people out there as possible to make it easier to yeah. squish and us out. You guys were, like, in shifts, so, some, like, you sometimes went home? They, they tried to have, like, scheduled shifts where it'd be like, you come out from this time period to this time period. I was working all the time. So mm-hmm. I was out there pretty much every day, but I, like, never signed up for shifts. I just was out there for as long as I could be, and then I would go home. Yeah. And Jesus. Crazy. That's Crazy. nuts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a wild time. Well, why did you guys move down here permanently? Interpersonal issues within the movement. Mm-hmm. Just, like, some toxic people trying to spread shit and shut other people out of the community that they had built. Yeah. Uh... My roommate needed a break from, one, that community, and just, like, time away to process all the trauma that we had been through. So, Joby? Yeah. Yeah. So, they chose down here because they were already coming down here pretty frequently, like, mm-hmm. because of all the Ferguson stuff and protests, so... Both him and... Him and Rachel, yeah. Well, what were, what were they doing with the Ferguson stuff before they came down here? Um, I very... I pretty much never came down with them, so I don't know entirely okay. what they were doing. Just, like, showing up at actions, yeah. doing support, being another body in the crowd, mm-hmm. trying to calm people down when people got shot. Yeah. Like there was one time, it was on the anniversary of Mike Brown dying, one of the cops shot somebody yeah. out of the protest, and they, like, had to try to tell people, like, not to run, just walk backwards, put your hands up, yeah. do not run. Don't run. Just, like, support. Bodies, but they had so come down terrifying. The cops are so terrifying. Because they can do whatever they want. They yeah, do no accountability. Yeah. They know that yeah. they can do yeah. shit and get away with it. And so many of them are like just really bad people to begin with. Yeah. Like not all of them, but like a lot but of. But it's them. not a, It's not a few bad apples. It's from the top down. It's, it's systemic. Yeah. It's, it's, a, systemic. it's a couple of good apples here. It's, a, mean, the, it's the, an abusive system that yeah. breeds like bullies and abusers. And it's really hard to like the even origin, if you're a good person getting in, it's hard to stay that way. The origin of police in this country is slave catchers. Yeah, slave catchers. Yeah. So that's all you need racist. to know. Yeah. yeah. So then you got you came down here with them. Yeah, yeah. They were deciding to move down. They were my main people. I was hanging out with all the time. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm young. What else am I doing? I'll just go down there for a while." 
So how's that been? Oh, it's been fine. I've been content. It's a nice place. I'm ready to go back up. Yeah. Again, just like because of the natural water and woods and better cycling city and a big music community. Yeah, that'd yeah. be nice. Mm-hmm. Minneapolis. I don't think I've ever been except I've been through the airport. Sounds nice though. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever get anything done that you wanted to get done with like the Ferguson stuff when you came down here? You know, when we moved down, I thought I was going to be very active in the activism stuff. I really wasn't. I think we all kind of just needed time to process the shit that we had been through and, like, recover and grow as people. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you going to do when you go back? Not entirely sure. I want to keep playing music, find other people to play with, probably keep doing bike delivery stuff. Are you going to start a band? Probably. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do, do it. it. We'll do buy, it. buy all your records. Are you going <laughs> to sing something for us? Oh, not today. You have a guitar. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> We have the first music on our podcast that isn't, <laughs> that isn't Survivor team Something music. I stole from the Survivor mm-hmm. TV show. You could sing Destiny's Child. I uh, couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. Survivor. No. <laughs> you can sing Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. Again, no. <laughs> so, I actually, I, for a while, was thinking when I went back up to Minneapolis, I'd try to start a little bike gang. I was, uh, I was trying to study the way that police use their bikes in riot situations, mm-hmm. riot situations, where they, like, make lines, and, like, it's, it's crowd control. Yeah. yeah. I was starting to study the way that they did that. I wanted to form a little bike gang and do that to combat like them doing that. Bicycles oh. or bikes? Yeah, yeah like, like bicycles. bicycles. Yeah. Okay. Essentially using their own techniques against them. That would be cool. Like, forming a little cool. radical group of bikes, like, oh. just, like, like, protecting other protesters and shit. I like it. That would be fun. Have you you could get a name for your... Like, have you heard of Bikers resist. Against Childhood Chunks? <laughs> no, I haven't. No, they're so great. That's what our, one of the things that our first episode You should episode listen to our first episode, where mm. Oliver talks a lot about Baca, Bikers Against Childhood. <laughs> they're really, they're, they're, they're biker bikers. They're gang. Like motorcycle mm-hmm. bikers. Oh, sure. Yeah. That protects. That protects children. Children who are mm-hmm. survivors of domestic violence. And, and adults who were children. Are those the same people who would like yeah. go into the courtrooms? Yes. Yeah, yeah, they yes. go into the courtroom Be them. emotional support. Sure. Yeah. And if the kid and has if, a nightmare, they'll And if they're an adult yeah. and their yeah. abuser gets out of jail, they can call their, Street their Baca people and they'll yeah. come and they'll hang out with them. them. If they have a nightmare. It's mm-hmm. really beautiful. I cry it's all the time. Every time I talk about it. I'm an yeah. advocate for peace, but there's a time and place for everything. Agreed. <laughs> yep. Yep. Let's just kill all the pedophiles. Let's just put it out there. Fuck it. Let's just murder them. I'm done. I mean, chemical castration is fine, but... So, Brandy, usually we ask people, and by we, I mean me. Well, so I, like, am very interested in the idea of truth. Okay. But, like, because as a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, like, I was told that I was a liar for, like, most of my life. Right. So I always ask people, like, what's your truth? Or, like, what's the truth that, like, you feel, what's the thing that you feel like needs to be said that you haven't gotten an opportunity to say in your life, you know? So, yeah. like, what, what's your truth? It's a big question, really. It is a big question. I think we need to get over our egos, stop worrying about how much we, like, what we look like to society and start focusing on ourselves and being happy with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying don't change who you are. Change who you are if you want to be a better person. But don't do it for what other people think. Do it for yourself. Do it for your own self-improvement and your own confidence. The only way we're going to grow is through working on ourselves, not through outward validation. That's true. That's a good truth. Quick on-the-spot answer there. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to tell us about anything else? I want no. Oh, I'm looking at you like ask a question. Yeah, no, I tell us about um, I don't know. I always, I like I've been. I keep hearing it in my mind, and I it just never sounds. It's never. It, it never changes to sound like less kind of um, nosy and terrible. But uh, tell us about the time that you were homeless. The time that I was homeless. Sure. So I came out to my dad as trans, thinking that it would make my life easier. Did not. Yeah. It was not the case. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I lived in that, like, shitty, emotionally abusive space for a while. And one night we got into a fight. I don't even remember what it was about, because it was a while ago now. But I was like, I need to leave. I was like, I just, I'm not going to be in this space right now. So 
I left that house that night. I called Joby. I was like, hey, want to go to St. Cloud? I don't want to be in the city right now. <laughs> so we drove out to St. Cloud and stayed the night at our friend's house. Came back the next day. Went upstairs. Packed up my shit. I came back downstairs. I didn't tell my dad that I packed up my shit. I just did it. He's like, hey, I got this movie for us to watch. All right, neat. So we sit down. We watch the movie. It's fine. I go upstairs and get my stuff. I was like, hey, so I need to leave. <laughs> I was like, this living situation isn't good for either of us. Maybe with some separation, if we're not living together, our relationship can improve and like things will be fine, but this isn't working right now for either of us. To which he responds, if you keep acting like this, meaning being trans, it's not going to work out. <laughs> I was like, all right, man, either way, I'm leaving. So I just left and couch hopped for, what, three, four months? Well, being homeless isn't great. It was kind of nice and freeing. Like, I still had work that I had to go back to, but aside from that, I had I could just do whatever I wanted with my time. I was staying at my friend's house every night. I was lucky enough. I had a car, I had a job, and I had a place to stay every night. Like, I always found a friend to stay with. So overall, it wasn't that bad of an experience, really. Yeah. I had more money than I ever had, because I didn't have any bills. I was hanging out with my friends all the time. had a sense of freedom. So you were like, you were like the upper level yeah, like for sure. Couch surfing I was very privileged as a homeless person. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Couple I times. didn't know that much about it. I like it didn't want to press too much for details, and now oh, I sure. am. But like, it's not a big deal. Because I mean, I don't know. I was like homeless for a year, and it was terrible. A year's a long time. Yeah. I was living in a hotel, different hotels. Oh yeah, you were talking about that. I thought about being homeless a lot, <laughs> like just walk, like doing that, just like leaving mm. my parents' house, but I never did it. Mostly because I was afraid. I didn't do it by choice. I was being raped on the streets. Yeah. And I was like, well, be raped by somebody you know, or be raped by a bunch of strangers that might also murder you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just had to leave at that point, because I was like, being homeless probably isn't going to be that easy, but I feel like if I stay here, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. 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 I'll take my chances. You can't. You get to a point with that kind of abuse where you're just like. Yeah. It's well, that's kind of a hard abuse to talk about, really. Like, emotional abuse, people often talk about physical abuse or, like, yeah. sexual abuse. Emotional abuse is really complicated because there's very infrequently any proof. Yeah. And it's really easy for people to dismiss it. Like, they never hit you. They never did yeah. anything. But, like, <laughs> that's psychological uh, yeah. damage that lasts. Like, you have to work through a lot of shit after that. Well, I've said, like, several times on the podcast, and I always tell Oliver, like, I was sexually abused as a child by my father. Mm-hmm. I was physically abused by my father. And by far the worst was emotional abuse. Oh, yeah. And people, like, you just don't know. Yeah. Like, unless you've experienced it, you don't know, like, what it's like. Mm-hmm. It's so damaging for so long. Yeah. You know, it's like, you think about somebody beating you, and I don't know. I don't even remember what it felt like to be beaten, but, like, I remember what it felt like to be, like, emotionally abused. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, no, I mean, I always have trouble, like, for, like, a long time, I was like, my parents, like, I have trouble validating my own, like, emotional abuse. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I was never hit, so. No one's going to believe well, me that it was terrible. Any yeah. kind of like trauma survivor, they always try to rationalize it like a lot of people have had it worse. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ask any therapist who works with someone with trauma. Everyone says that other people have had it worse. Even with like, like we all invalidate our own yeah. trauma. I yeah. mean, you're taught to do that. Yeah. Even with like the time that I was raped and I'm like coming out of like the denial phase of like I was sexually abused as a child, like. I'm like, oh, well, it was worse for other people. Right. Like, there's, there's I mean, worse there's raves. Always and there's always going to be somebody who and I just, worse for... It's very hard not to, mm-hmm. not to fall in that, that trap. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't mean and that it's not bad for you. Right. Like, yeah. that might be true. Yeah. Other people probably did have it worse, but that doesn't invalidate your own experiences. Right. Yeah. Those still had a massive impact on you, whether or not other people had it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. it's not a competition. Right. <laughs> Oppression Olympics. I'm, I'm like the opposite. I start laughing as soon as I talk about how I was abused. I'm like, I was emotionally abused and then I laugh really hard. I mean, that's kind of a way to cope with it, right? Yeah, like, I mean, that's what you, everyone is like, like, what? Why yeah. is he laughing? Well, like, those ideas might be new to them, but you've been dealing with them for a long time. So you have a different relationship to those experiences than I mean, they do. Some of it yeah. is nervous laughter, for sure. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm just like... Well, there's a girl I work with at um, the secret government agency where I work, like, had an abusive situation 
with like her uncle that came and stayed with her and her mom for a while and he was really abusive mm. and we would like we both make jokes about like being beaten or having your head slammed into a wall or whatever and then we'll be laughing and everybody else at work just like agents, yeah, I remember this. looks at us <laughs> like I don't remember and we're like come on you guys it's funny right it's, <laughs> it's funny <laughs> chill out this is why we like the mountain goats <laughs> so I guess I don't know do you have any more questions hey, I always have <laughs> for Brandy. I know. Fascinating person. Really. I want to hear more about, like, the stuff you did in Minneapolis. I want to hear more about, but like, I don't the music, want too. you to talk about yourself forever if you're uncomfortable. I'm okay. Do you write songs? I don't. I would like to. I never have. I've only ever played covers. Do you fiddle around? Yeah. Is that fun? It is. Will you play a song for us? <laughs> I, oh, gee, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's over there. I'm just gonna go get the guitar and put it near you. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Do you have a capo? Is it even tuned? Yeah. I can tune it into like relatively. Bailey's got like uh, a, like perfect pitch. Basically, I don't know. She can tune a guitar without. A tuner. Although she, you have a tuner app on your phone, right? You can tune a guitar without <laughs> using a tuner, right? Uh, sort of. This yeah, I mean, I can hear it. Guitar. Is it what? Is this a brandless guitar? No, it's a oh, Yamaha. Yeah. Sure. Brandless. I'm, I'm used to that being on the headstock. Joe's very <laughs> dusty. <laughs> that was some dog hair. <laughs> So really high up off the fretboard. Oh, is that why it's hard to is play? Is that why it hurts your fingers so much when you yeah. try to play it? Yeah, that's why. If you get it set up, it'll be like $20, $30. If you get it set up, it'll play a lot nicer. Oh, I should do that. And by chance. Hey, you need a capo for wagon. Yeah, well, for most things. I don't know that I want to play
things are closing in. Sunset's just my light bulb burning out. I miss Kentucky, miss my family. Oh, the sweetest winds blow across the south. Oh, my sweet Carolina. What compels me to go? Oh, my sweet disposition. Voice yeah, sometimes. really good. People are normally surprised by that. Even back when I was in high school. So when I tried out for Purpich, that was the high school that I went to. My audition, it was a public high school, so you didn't have to pay tuition, but you still had to do an audition for it. Mm -hmm. I was doing drums and bass. That's all I did. And then for the first concert, I decided that I was going to sing a song. And all it was either three or four of the music teachers, all of them were just like, Stunned. They were like, I had no idea that you could sing. Like, I did not expect that voice to come out of you. Yeah, no, that's you. Wow, you're really good. Oh, yeah, nice. and you have a really good like. I know. <laughs> Thank you for singing Thank you. for us. Oh, yeah. That was great. It was uh, Ryan Adams, "Sweet Home Carolina." I really like Ryan Adams. I knew I recognized the song. Yeah, uh, he's good. But the way he's apparently a little bit of a southern too. Mm. Yeah. Just take a vote. Oh yeah, Survivor Island. We're all gathered together. We're passing the three. Three have entered. Rounds. Two remain. Two will remain. Two will remain. Raise your hand if you think Oliver should be voted off the island. I'm not sure that I get behind this process. This one vote for Oliver. Raise your hand if you think Bailey should be voted off the island. It's no votes for Bailey. Raise your hand if you think Brandy should be voted off the island. That's no vote for Brandy. <laughs> Oliver is voted off the island again. Again, Oliver. You didn't get enough fish. You didn't win the competition. You're bad with the tiki torches. You can't build a shelter. Get out of here. Well, I'll just pack my things. Wait, don't I don't have any things. things to pack because it's a survivor. Brandy gets your tent now. Okay. And your meager fish supply. Congratulations. Congratulations, Brandy. Keep it clean. Yeah. Or don't. Oh, yeah, we have our outro. Do we have our outro? Oh, Survivor Tips. Oh, Survivor Tips. Oh, shit, we didn't do Survivor Tips last No, we did do Survivor Tips last We did Survivor Tips with Fire, Water, and Shelter. Fire, Water, and Shelter. Great. Oh, my gosh. That's great. You're a natural. So we like to end the podcast by on a positive note by giving all the survivors out there some practical tips on how to be a survivor. Sure. Brandy? Um, do your best to not give a fuck what people think about you. That's a really good That's one. That's a good one. I like it. I like that one a lot. Oliver? I have a survivor tip this time. Do you? Yeah, oh I do. Oh my god, cool. Um, so, uh, I'm trying to switch careers right now. I'm, uh, doing some coding stuff for a company that has an app, and the app is called SafeTrack. You can download it, and then, like, you set it up. It just takes like two seconds, and then you, uh, if you press the, the button, when you open that, if you feel, if you're going somewhere and you like, or you're, if you feel like you're in danger, you open up the app, you put your finger on the, the button, um, and then you, uh, if you're, if you're safe, then after that, you take your finger off and you enter your pin. But if you are not safe, you can deliberately take your, and it'll deliberately, uh, take your finger off the button and, um, not into your pen and be like, I'm in danger, and they'll call emergency services, they'll start texting you and calling you, though there's a real person on the other end. 
It's pretty cool. I think it's like useful if you're like going somewhere alone or if you have some sort of medical issue. Yes, some wise words from Kimmy Dawson. Oh yes, potty. Oh, well, we love Kimmy Dawson. Speaking of potty, my survivor tip is get a dog. Oh, yeah. dogs are the best. Dogs are really fantastic. They're that so good. They make you happy, and they'll be there for you. I mean, cats too. They but make the you good get thing exercise. about dogs, they make you get exercise. But the good thing about dogs is that when your landlord is trying to evict you and he's been stalking you and stuff, and you have a big dog that barks a lot. Your landlord will be scared by your dog, and also, and you'll you just ne- feel more secure. You'll feel more secure because, and like, like conquering the fear is really important because the fear can be very overwhelming. Something else that could help get rid of fear is uh, stashing weapons throughout your apartment. Oh my god, I do that! <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Like hatchets and knives, and we just recently got a sword, and we just have shit everywhere. I used to have a sword. Did you used to have a sword? Yeah, I did. I didn't know that. Yeah, Bill bought it for me. It was like not very sharp. That's a thing but, that Bill would do. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like a sword and a baseball bat and oh, some other yeah. things. Like. I have two daggers, but they're not here. Yeah. I always have a knife in my pocket, and I frequently have a U-lock on me. Will Brandy take me outside? Will Brandy let oh, me Oh, you said outside? the word now. You see that head tilt? She knows potty, She, she knows potty. <laughs> She's a bit like, she knows. She's on to us. She's like, it's going to happen potty. soon. Potty. Potty. Oh, my goodness. Good work. Oh, my God. She's eight. Good thing oh it's Okay. Uh, uh, listen. Listen, survivors. Listen. There's a war going on out there. And in the immortal words of Audre Lorde, Say your silence will not protect you. <laughs> your silence will not protect you. This, this is been Survivor Team Go! Survivor Team Go! Stay safe out there, survivors. Thanks, Brandy! Oh, yeah. Round of applause for Brandy! Oh, thanks. Oh, I had a news enough update. <laughs>